from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Crews remove a cabin in a makeshift mine. A makeshift mine, they say, built by one Steve Irwin, a gentleman that we've talked about now twice on this show, because he continues to maintain that if he builds it, they will come, right? <laughs> Who? I don't know. Prospectors? I have no idea. Biden and Trump are visiting Texas to offer a tale of two border cities. And also a federal judge has decided to block the new immigration law in Texas. Mr. O'Neill, shall we start with that? Sure. Because any minute, Donald Trump and Joseph Robinette Biden are going to be giving competing speeches at the border. I'm currently looking at Greg Abbott. Who is uh, no one is assisting him as he pushes his wheelchair? That's, through by, the that's dirt. by design, by the way. Really? Yes. Uh, it, it's been studied, and they did a they did a polling. If someone is pushing the governor, because uh, right behind the governor is both an armed security guard and a yes. local police officer. Yeah. If someone is pushing the governor in his wheelchair, it seemed as he's it seemed weaker. But he's seen as weaker. But it's he's in lit- he's in like two inches of Texas dirt. Yeah, well, it's a it's a rocky terrain. Those were his all terrain wheels on his chair. I'll give him credit. But he wants to dr- be his own power, independence. But is seen as stronger. He to has the, voting the public. he has Donald Trump, who's a paragon of physical health, literally right behind him. He has all these big, strong Texas border security guards yeah, seriously. behind him. Look at all the testosterone in that picture. Look at all the tea that's there. That's a, a bunch of high tea men there. Barbed wire, the Rio Grande. I mean, you couldn't and have more of an Americana moment than he that. Kind of reminds me of like, you know, like those dogs that get put in wheelchairs and they want to run with the sure, other dogs. Sure, yeah, you bet, you bet. But he's he's not as fast as the other dogs. No, he's not. And everybody else still is, love though. Beloved, a lot of love. But I just I why can't we just get over the fact that sometimes a guy in a wheelchair needs to be pushed sometimes. I'm with you. In Texas, you. 2 inches of Texas dirt. Also, I think it just rained in Texas where they are cuz like look at all that look at all that it's not exactly dry. It's no, no, no. It's mucky little, little lumber. Yeah, mucky. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I feel bad for Greg Abbott now, yeah, which no, is the first. The, the other shot, because <laughs> the, well, the network gives us side-by-side shots of the two visitors, the, the leading candidate visitors, yes. pre- president uh, and ex-president to Texas. Uh, Trump is at Eagle Pass, the site of that park that has been converted into a death trap. Barbed wire That's barbed right. Wire into screen. a death trap yeah. because Greg Abbott hates human beings. Because if you hate human beings, you try to make sure that they drown in a very fast-moving well, river, Well, at least right? get caught in the wire. And so then Biden is at, he's in Brownsville, Texas. Now, right. those are approximately three and a half or four hours away from each yeah, other. Yeah, big, big, big border in Texas, a lot to protect. You I bet. was looking forward to, they, they're calling it the, uh, you know, a tale of two, the tale of two border crises. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it is you know kind of like a tale of two cities. I'm I'm I've been to Brownsville and I've been to Eagle Pass. It's more like a, a tale of two trailer parks. You know what I'm talking about? It's not exactly yeah a lot of infrastructure out there. There's a, there's a tale of two dueling banjos out there. <laughs> a lot of spitting tobacco and Marlboro Reds out there. So you know real America is what you're saying. Real America. It's real America. So I just don't. Oh, go, why is this thing? Every time I hit my button, it fires twice. I have no idea. It's ruining my comedic timing. But that's besides the point. Banjos always do that. So this is just all, you know, for Trump, it's all for show. For Biden, it's all for show. It seems to be hmm. an incredible waste of everybody's time. And quite frankly, it's disappointing that Greg Abbott isn't, you know, meeting with Joe Biden and vice versa. I don't understand why they're not actually chatting with each other at all. Uh, I I, uh, I can only speculate and give you my opinion on this. Mm-hmm. I think Abbott wants this issue, 
And he wants to be at war with the federal government. Of course. He wants Texas independence. Right. He wants anything that the, the governor of Texas can do to make the incumbent president look weak or ineffective or even criminally negligent. Yeah. For how the how the policies are being enforced at our border serves the Republican voting pro, uh, pro, you know uh, agenda. A federal judge has blocked sweeping new immigration law in Texas. Now this was the law that was basically we can pull you over for suspicion of being an illegal immigrant, driving while brown, and we can ask for your papers, mm-hmm. and we can. That sounds historic, doesn't it? That well, it's rough, I think, because Greg Abbott is a lawyer. And his BFF, Paxton, is mm-hmm. a lawyer. And so you would imagine that they would have drafted up a law that was, you know, constitutional. Crazy thought, <laughs> am I right? Isn't that crazy? You would have thought that they would have drawn something up that's not, you know, Somebody who's edu- educated in the field right. yeah, would have a little more insight as to what's legal and constitutional and not. Right. But th- this, I think, goes to show that everybody was all rah, 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 Texas about three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Everybody was all hopped up on the hype of Texas. 25 Republican governors agree. Right, exactly. The, the march to the border by, right. uh, by the... And the part of the reason that I'm so cynical about this kind of thing is that people think that that the, the basically the governor's word like oh he's he's showing so much power right. look at he's flexing his muscles or whatever it he's is moving his own wheelchair in the dirt right he exactly but then at the end of the day Texas is going to need federal dollars and so they are going to capitulate to the needs of the federal government any commentator that didn't say that to their audience is lying through omission. Greg Abbott knew that this was going to get struck down. He is a lawyer. He is familiar with the law. He knows what's constitutional and what's not constitutional. Greg, uh, uh, Paxton knew that this was going to take place. The fact that all they did all this song and dance was just for show. And when I saw commentators talking about it as if this is the way the United States needs to run, my thought was immediately, so governors need to do anti-constitutional action in order to try to squeeze more federal dollars out of the federal government? Like, what are you talking, you know what I mean? It's just such a lie by omission by so many people who were just like, well, what does trending say? Oh, trending says people like Greg Abbott. Hey, isn't this great, you guys? This is the sixth cycle of the American commentary. But it's it's very media savvy. It is media savvy. Remember how the the talk of secession was always trending two weeks, three weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, Mm -hmm. Texas is going to run their own country. They're going to be the fifth largest economy and we got our own tanks. No, no, you don't. (laughs) Right. And no, it won't. But but to the Paxton and Abbott's credit, they're media savvy. They know the detention span of this country is 45 seconds. Yeah, they do. You know, they got all the fundraising they needed to add, all the media cycles they needed to add to that, and then mm-hmm. they moved on. We all moved on. Yeah, speaking of uh, moving on, by the way, I just think that it is a it is a sad day in America when we don't when people don't even talk to each other anymore. And the fact that Greg Abbott is not talking to President Biden today, and instead he's going to Donald Trump, our real president, is uh, really sad. And <laughs> I'm not sure. That we should uh, be entertaining this. We have we have fallen into our silos. It's, we're entrenched in our beliefs. We're unwilling to. You know what I saw, and I, I forgot all about this until you brought this up. There's an ad from you don't know who Steve Young is. He was a you may from the Bay Area quarterback. You're telling me that I don't know who Steve Pizza Hut Young is. Of course okay, I know who Steve enough. Young is. America's greatest left-handed NFL quarterback, and greatest endorser of Pizza Hut. Yes, he is. Um, I saw an ad where he was talking about how we discourse. How we need to disagree better is the movement that's out there. And you can look it up. But he was literally talking about, you know, we don't, we can't talk to each other about differences anymore. We can't be empathetic anymore. So it's, the movement is called disagree better. 
And I had seen it, and I wanted to remember it, and I didn't until you brought this up. And that's exactly what we need to do. Right. I had this thought, and I for I don't know, I've had it for a couple of months now, and I, I'd like more people to get on, take a page out of my moral and philosophic book, which is basically this. Uh, I don't care what opinions somebody has. Okay. I don't care. If you're homophobic, you're racist, whatever it is, if it's an opinion... Doesn't make any difference to me. Okay. I'm not going to try to force you to like somebody, accept something that you don't want to accept. Okay. When it becomes actionable, when it becomes, well, now I'm putting my opinion into written law. Now I'm putting right, my opinion right. into policy or whatever it is. That's when I have a problem with it. What's the mayor of Lake Stevens? Gailey? Is that his name? What was his name? Brett Gailey? Was that his name? It was the guy that I ripped into. Well, for, he, he was the gentleman who canceled the pride parade. Exactly. If his name was Gailey. You got it right. Okay, right. so if Mayor Gailey wants to to say, I disagree with the quote-unquote trans agenda, that's my opinion, I got no issue with it whatsoever. Canceling the Pride Parade and then saying I'm doing so because I disagree with the agenda, that is where I take exception to it, and that's why I keep talking about it. I don't care what his opinion... I don't want someone to, to be forced... To, I don't, I'm not the thought police, right? Opinions are just opinions. But what's happened is that now people view opinions as actions, and they're not, right? Right. And so the, I think what people need to get off of is this idea that an opinion is somehow pathogenic or is somehow going to affect you in some adverse way. Like, Spike, you have very strong opinions about – what's that pizza place you really like? You always want to narrow that it's, down, it's, a, it's the one it's where it gives you the heart attack special that you get every time the missus goes out of town. Oh, that's a common – could I mention Spiros by name? Like yeah, a yeah, free of course. Pie? Of course. Sure, <laughs> my name is Spiros. Spiros right. Pizza. So yeah. you, you get the heart attack special. Sure. What does it got on it? Oh, how many meats can we put on a one slice? Exactly. I have to, they actually sent somebody home to me to help me lift it to my face. <laughs> it's everything that ever walked the earth on one one slice. Got of a nice pizza. piece of elephant in got, there. Got some bison. Got some ostrich. Got some pig, chicken. You got an alligator beef, in, some there. in there. Some okay. raccoon if you can get it. So I got to be a clean hit though. You like that pizza? I love that pizza. It makes no difference to me whether Spike likes that pizza or hates that pizza. Now here's a crazy thought about it. Someone says a bunch of opinions about Donald Trump. Let us just say they love Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way about their opinions about pizza as I do about Donald Trump. I don't really care. Just don't make you eat any. Just don't make me eat any this. of it. It's a very simple philosophy that I love so very much. To give you guys a quick example, this homeless guy, Steve Irwin, no relation, by the way, to the saint that is Steve Irwin. He is the guy that we've talked about now two or three times. He built a cabin and a makeshift mine. I can't get over this. A mine. A mine. Yeah. He was he was looking for golden diamonds. He was looking for a, the ghost of the prospector from 18... I was going to be my... Hey, the city. Look at that. So he claims that he has permission to build the cabin in the middle of the park, despite being arrested when he took an excavator out from a local construction site and began removing trees in the park in October. It's going to take a long time to restore the mess that he made. Now, here's the thing. Mr. Irwin is entitled to the opinion... That he can have a cabin in the middle of that park all he wants, right? Right. His opinion's fine. But when his action begins to take over, that's when I find it to be deeply frustrating. So he allowed uh, cameras to tour his site, which including a, a mining area. Again, a literal mine where he claimed to be digging for gold and diamonds, or as I like to call it, meth psychosis, right? right There's uh, a lot yeah. of meth psychosis in them hills. I fear you're right about that one. A lot of, because this is the thing about people on meth. If you guys want a little uh, drug knowledge on this, we got to get a drug knowledge sounder so I can explain to people. So meth psychosis is a very common occurrence for people, because when you, when you, when you smoke meth, 
you get this huge surge of dopamine in the brain, right? And so Spike is looking at me like you're confused. No, uh, no I've, n- I've never been there. Am I making so s- okay. Yeah, you are. So if I take generic Adderall, I'm getting about four times the amount of dopamine that my body makes naturally. Okay. And that is within what we call the bioavailable range. Okay. If I smoke methamphetamine, I'm getting 400 times oh the, oh amount, <laughs> the amount of dopamine that my body can produce or tolerate naturally. Okay. So what happens over time is basically the, the centers of the brain that can distinguish between reality and non-reality begin to atrophy. They begin because they're so overloaded. Right. Like, I'm giving out. Fraz out. It's kind of yeah. like an yeah. ultra marathoner who all of a sudden can't walk anymore. Okay. This gets blown out. They get exhausted. And so what often happens with these people is they then begin to begin ritualistic activity to try to stimulate dopamine production. Okay. Sanding, shaving wood, carving wood. Uh, clearing trees with clearing a trees, digging a diamond mine. Digging holes. <sighs> these are all aspects of methamphetamine psychosis that everyone should be on the lookout for. That was your fun little drug lesson for today. Now, I'm not accusing Mr. Irwin of being on meth, but if I was a betting man, I'd put good money on it because why else would you get the crazy cockamamie idea that you can put a mine in them hills? Well, it, it, you know, it's it's it, you talk about mental health being the root problem of homelessness and this more so than even economic issues, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that this is this the glaring example. But this is the view, by the way, from a uh, Dr. Rosa uh, Jose Rizal Park. Yo, that's a that, beautiful that's view. The view. That's the view from right. there on on First Hill. Uh, yeah. Right. So the damage that has been done has been considerable, and they confirmed that he was arrested Wednesday morning at the encampment. He's facing charges of property destruction, possession of, of burglary tools, and he's going to be in Seattle Municipal Court. If they let him out, I got dollars to donuts. He's going right back to his mine. Because there's diamonds in them hills, boy. Got diamonds in the Seattle hills. Because Seattle's known for anything. We we got diamonds in them parks. Am I right or am I right? You, you bake them. Hey, you got we got you got a gold nugget the size of a woman's face. <laughs> and he talks to it on a daily basis. I'm just let's, saying. Let's talk about, let's talk about you, you mentioned a, a clinic, a, a vet clinic. Oh yeah, there's a vet that's, clinic. We're speaking about those, those experiencing homelessness. Right. So one of the things that homeless people often do is they will adopt an animal. I adopted an animal when I was homeless. Okay. Because you need a buddy. Right? Sure. And so some companionship and safety reasons. Yeah. yeah you bet, you bet. And so the thing that you run into is that you don't have a lot of access to vet clinics because they can be kind of expensive. And right. there's this new vet clinic that's going to be serving the homeless and low income pet owners free of charge. It's opening in South Seattle. And it's the um, it's the the Doni Co. Pet Clinic. It's at 1101 Airport Way South. In the Soto neighborhood. That's nice. And they've been providing essential veterinary services free of charge to pet owners who are homeless or earn a lower income since 1986. And I think this is pretty great. You often hear stories of people who are in encampments in the area and they're offered services and they can't because they have a pet. Right. They can't leave their pet behind. And the the shelters won't take pets. Here's the thing, is that they've been operating out of a temporary space since they lost their permanent location about a year ago. And then uh, uh, Dow Constantine... Uh, was there and he gave him the permit basically to be in that permit uh, that permanent space oh that's nice isn't that so sweet and exact nice right so what i think what i think happens to a lot of homeless people is one of the reasons that they don't want to go into shelters is because they're so attached to their animals right and i have often thought that if somebody came up with the big brain idea that i came up with six years ago which was you have a clinic a rehabilitation clinic that also has services for people who have animals that they are very attached to you would see a dramatic uptick in the amount of people who actually go to rehab. Wow. Right. And all you got to do is have, you know, like basically you just have a little place. 
Or they can have their dog or their yeah. cat or whatever. Where they keep their companion. Right. We're the only thing they got in this world. Where they can, A lot of them. Here's the other crazy thing. Where they can feed it, where they can clean it, where they yeah. can take care of it, where they can enjoy the company of that animal. You would get a lot more drug addicts into rehab if that was the case. Or the other thing that you could do, here's another crazy idea, is you say to that person, like you set up an actual... It would have to be a county business or a state business, but you can actually say, well, you can leave your animal here with at us. this location yeah. with us. It's going to get 24-7 care, so on and so forth. And, you know, you get full picture updates or emails sure, or come whatever. Visit if you, come yeah. visit if you want. If you get more privileges in the rehab, eventually the dog can come live with you. Okay. And we'll just keep them safe till you're ready to be an owner in a, in a safe place. Yeah, I think people, I think societies are relearning that the more you treat human beings like human beings, the more they act like human beings. It's actually kind of crazy. Wouldn't that be nice? And the more that you remove dignity from people, the more they go crazy in meth psychosis and try to find diamonds and gold in a mine, right? <laughs> I'm afraid so. The more you dehumanize people, the more they will act like animals. And so this is the why I think we need to up our vision of what services actually look like and trying to get people off the streets and out of we, the We were uh, talking about this story in our parks. pre-show meeting, and, and Nora was saying something. You were saying that there's a, there's a veterinary service that's for the homeless – and that they often provide some medical attention to those the homeless people who bring in their pets. Is that what? That's what I learned about. Yeah, it's called the the One Health Clinic, and it's in downtown Seattle. And I think the concept there is that if you are bringing in your pet, and like for like a medical issue, like chances are your health is connected to your pet's health, and so they can offer like health services also to people. And I I looked at the article and it said that it was sharing a building with a transitional housing space as well. So nice. it's it's all connected. Good news. Uh, yeah, right? I mean, let's care for the least among us and, and the people that they care about, their pets too. It's right. fantastic. I judge a society by how it treats the worst off within it. And unfortunately in the United States, what we've done is we've decided that the ultra wealthy need all of the conditions to do whatever they want to do, right? Uh, yeah. And the least amongst us, we treat with disdain. But they, the, they should just toughen up and pull themselves up. And the yeah. more I think about it is I think we need to invert that pyramid, right? Where we should be telling the ultra wealthy, yeah, like kind of toughen up. You got to pay 7% tax on $250,000 worth of stocks. <laughs> toughen well, up, yeah, buttercup. I, uh, God forbid. Like, sorry, God forbid you got to pay 7% graduated tax rates on everything you sell over $250,000. Oh, the humanity. Oh, whatever will I do with my yacht? My hundred and fifty. Uh. I know I'm a filthy socialist <laughs> just because I don't care. I'm like, whatever, dude, just pay your taxes. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Emerald City Comic Con, the guest lineup. I have yet to look at it. Laura's going to read me the guest lineup, and I will tell you whether this is worth going to see or whether it is incredibly boring. Because my suspicion is that the majority of the people on this lineup is going to be boring. Oh, okay. It's going to be boring. For you. For everyone. We'll take a really <laughs> quick break when we get back right after this. Elves would be for Biden. Or based. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Right. I'm a huge Trekkie. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one, Justin. That was a really good one. All I right. too, man. So, Cringe Base, a fun game we like to play every day, 135, where we try to determine if a cultural event is cringe, meaning or based, meaning ah. So, uh, Emerald City Comic Con coming around this weekend. Paul Holden 
is doing some investigatory journalism. Is that what he's calling Heavy it? quotation yeah, marks yeah. down at Emerald City Comic Con. <laughs> and I just don't get it. And so, Laura, would you mind... What, who's going to be there this year at Emerald City Comic Con? Because I don't understand why people want to meet celebrities. I don't get it. I've never really understood it. There's no one that, who is a celebrity that I would really want to meet. I don't really want to have mm. my vision of them ruined. Interesting. By some kind of interaction. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, I hear you, but uh, I've had different experiences. I understand, but if let us just say that I'm walking through a Kroger and I see Bradley Cooper and mm-hmm. I see that he is buying, you know, like snack packs, but he's yeah. buying like the dark chocolate snack packs. Ugh. I'm going to judge him, and I would rather have a vision in my mind of a Bradley Cooper as the actor who only eats butterscotch. Right, exactly. Right. You got butterscotch, sure. maybe a little tapioca yeah. in your in your little carry on thing that you got there. I'm fine with it. You you're, you're getting dark chocolate snack pack. Get out of my face, Bradley Cooper is what I would say to him, and I would smack it out of his hand. When you when you were a little kid, before Laura, I know you've got the rundown. There's a big lineup this year. Paul mm-hmm. says it's the biggest star lineup ever. But I would put forth two things for you. First off, it's so much more than just the celebrities who come mm-hmm. to visit the guests at Emerald City Comic Con. Mm-hmm. It's the artists that are on site, the the original artwork that's created in whatever genre you have have an affinity for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's games, mm-hmm. it's collectibles, it's all it's everything geek consumerism. Massive consumerism for geekdom. Okay. For nerdity. So we take the most fragile amongst us and, and we say <laughs> to take take your hard earned take your hard earned dollars yeah. so that you can buy a life size statue statue of Master Chief from Halo. Oh, so, it's there for you. So you Jack. can have it in your living room for the low low price of three thousand dollars. You can buy happiness. It's waiting for you there. Money well spent. Yeah, money that's well good. That's spent. That's a good piece of work. So right there. Laura, who is going to be there? Is it okay? So Paul talked to uh, Chris Delando, who's the event manager for Emerald City Comic Con. Okay. Yeah, we are incredibly excited about our Nerd. guest lineup this year. As you mentioned, it is completely stacked, and we uh, we really do think we have a little bit of something for everybody. So we're obviously really, really excited about Chris Evans coming to the show. He'll be here on Friday and Saturday. Captain America, um, baby. But we've got Jodie Whittaker from Doctor Who, Christopher Lloyd, Christina Ricci, the cast of Critical Role, Avatar The Last Airbender, Twilight, guest from Supernatural. So, yeah, really just a completely stacked lineup. Ah, uh, it's going to be totally stacked. I mean, he, what, he buried the head, the biggest names in the in the room. He buried them. They're not even there. What, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd, Doc, Doc Brown, right? Okay, yeah, that's base. Jamie Natalski, that that's that must be a very are, base. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Sure. Frodo will be there. Elijah Wood will be there. I don't want to meet Elijah. Sam Wood. will be there. Sam. I don't want to meet Eli- Elijah Wood. Strike- Rudy. Here's the thing. Elijah Wood strikes me as a very introverted, very thoughtful actor, right? Yeah. And so, okay. if I met him, here's the thing. There is no conversation that I could have with that person where it's not hyper reality. Okay. Like, it, it, like if I saw Robert Duvall and I sat and we was just at a, a cafe, you know, or even, let's say I'm, I'm flying first class and then all of a as sudden, as you often do, as I often do, <laughs> I didn't just do it for the first time last week, but as so, I so often, so you do, see somebody that you, uh, you admire. Let's just say I'm sitting first class and then all of a sudden, Bobby De Niro sits next to me. I, the only way for us to have a real conversation is if I ask him nothing about being Bobby De Niro. Does that mm. make sense? Okay. I have to. I have. You have to do everything except for what they're known for in order for us to have a real conversation. That that's that. There's that's base. That's that's got a lot. To I've do thought that. a lot about this, and so. But what people do is that because we've habituated celebrities into always talking about themselves, they are not interested in you. So then it's not a conversation. Mm. If I met Tom Hanks. 
I want him to ask me about me so that I can talk about me and then slowly, you know. We'll get, we'll get to you, Tom, but we'll, more we'll, about me. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's a little embarrassing that you know the whole time you're talking to them that they're just being nice to you. For, right, right, like right. they're just being polite, and they're mm. they're trying to get out of the conversation with you as fast as they can. I sat next to I won't mention the guy's name, but I was on a flight to Austin, Texas, and okay. my mom, because she is a rude person, asked me to switch seats because she did not want to sit next to this guy because of uh, his ethnicity. I'll just be honest about it. Wow. My mom is a okay. very rude person, oh. and so I said, "I'll switch seats with you, mom." And then I sit down next to this guy, and we start chatting, and he says, oh, I'm in software. I had no idea who he was. I had no—we just start, hey, where do you think I should get barbecue in, in Austin? And he said, well, you should go here, and you should get this, cool. and this is a great place. And then he said, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm in radio. And then I took out my business card, and I hand him my business card, and then he takes out his business card, which he opens in one of those silver Tiffany's. Sure, yeah. And then he hands it to me. And I don't want to name drop here. But he just so happened to be like one of the people who works for one of the biggest companies that has been he's been on like 60 Minutes. He's been oh, wow. on, he's been interviewed. I don't know how many hundreds of times about his relationship with a certain inventor of a certain thing that everybody knows who's had okay. several movies made about him. OK. And so now I have that guy's phone number in my phone. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dish. And so I don't want to name him. I don't want to name him. Because was, it, was it a metal business card? No, but oh, it, it was okay. it was uh, the, it had the engraved yeah. the the <laughs> letters the, letters the lettering had a sheen to it. Yeah. So when you Ooh. ran it, it was kind of this blue metallic that went Ooh. rainbow. Nice. So the point is, is had I know if he had said, "Hey, my name is blank and blank," I would have been like, "Blank and blank." You mean from the Steve Jobs movie? Shh, and I, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I, no, I hear you. Right, I hear but it, because I, I didn't know that. And we you just, had a real conversation. We just had a natural conversation with the guy. He gets off the plane. I get off the plane. And I still have his phone number in my phone. I could probably text him out of nowhere. Be like, hey, buddy, remember me from like four years ago? Yeah. But that's besides the point. My point is, is that you can't have a natural or normal conversation with somebody who is a celebrity because they don't know how to have it anymore unless you act as if or legitimately don't know that the person that you're talking to is a famous person. Well, I, I can tell you, you don't have to worry about that if you're going to Comic-Con because no one has conversations with these and That's exactly my point. Exactly. They're now that the meeting opportunity is often by appointed schedule and an additional fee right. to get in line for an autograph or a photo got Why? with a star. Why do I want to do this? It's just demand, supply and demand. Right. That's what it is. But, but I've, I've taken my, my youngest to Comic-Cons for about a half dozen years mm-hmm. and we would have the time of our lives we would just immerse ourselves in fantasy and make believe we would dress up in, in matching costumes my kid and i are you familiar with bob's burgers yes right she was louise i was bob you That's know we, we, we've done this oh, for year after year we've we've had different iterations of making sure my kid got to go just live out her and, and enjoy her artist and you know proclivities and meet artists did you you're a tattoo guy right New to no. com, new to com, <laughs> tattoos. New to Comic Con. I think it started last year. It's back I would this never year. get a tattoo on my body, Spike. This is my holy temple. Why would I ever <laughs> want to desecrate you want to put your my, sleeves down you my holy claim. temple? Has a note. There's not a tattoo. My mom would kill me <laughs> if I got a, a single you're tattoo. A, you're a pure sacred canvas. I'm a sacred canvas. Yeah. Ah, they're, they're, you just can't tell the truth. <laughs> it's called uh, it's called Artist Alley. It was where all the artists who create art on site mm-hmm. or sell their wares at. There's a tattoo uh, now. There's a tattoo booth. There's a, a, there are artists who so are... So I can get a tattoo of Doc Brown on me? You Well, what they've got at Comic-Con, which just started, is they've got people who are licensed to do trademarked art, like Marvel comic art, your superheroes, your Star Wars, your, you know, whatever it might be, DC. 
They now you can go you can go to Comic Con and get an artist. Does that mean you get a guarantee that it's not going to be like a weird blob? Yeah, it's <laughs> no, be a these, weird blob. these are the some of the world's greatest tattoo artists. So you got you got to have game to get a, a seat at the Emerald City Comic Con tattoo. I artist. met a very famous person when I was at the Concourse de Elegance in Pebble Beach, Ooh. and this is a guy who's been on. I don't want to name, I don't want to name drop. Okay, but so he's walking around. It's early morning. And uh, my grandfather and I got there really early because we want to beat all the all the other you know because it's you know tens of thousands right. of people it's, come it's to look at it. It's gonna be a mob. So yeah. we get there really early, right when the gates open, and we start walking around, and we see that there's about one or two other people that are walking around, and I cue in on this one guy. He's wearing a hat and mm-hmm. sunglasses, and I go, I think that, mm-mm-mm-mm. and my grandfather says, I think that is too. So we go right up to the guy, uh-huh. and I said, Mister, I said. I'm such a huge fan of your show. I think it's one of the funniest TV shows ever made. And as he's looking at this, you know, 1966 Jag or something mm-hmm. like that, he doesn't look up. He doesn't look at me. Uh-huh. He doesn't stop looking at the car. He goes, that's nice. And then he walks away in the opposite direction. I never want to meet another celebrity as oh, long as I live. That's terrible. Do you know I'm what sorry. I mean? Yeah. So no, I got, you're right. They can, they can let you down. I got a Jay Leno story that's even funnier, but that one doesn't make Jay look bad. It makes him look hilarious. I, I had the opportunity at Comic-Con one year to interview Adam West and uh, Burt Ward, the mm-hmm. original Batman and Robin. Yeah. And they were both wonderful. Laura, if somebody can people. guess the celebrity that I met at Concourse de Elegance, like I will give them a free mug. I will gift them a free Cairo rate if they can name it. Jeanette said we have to be careful about giving out more Why do we have to be careful about giving out mugs? Because we're, we're running low on mugs. Order more mugs. They're like 60 cents. What is Jeanette so upset about? I'll pay for it. What do I care? I'm rich. I'll, Seriously. I'll, I'll give away 100 mugs. All right, I'll send the email now. Can, can we, can all we, the mugs in the yeah, building. And we, will give, we will give away a mug. Can we some some kind of hint? I, if I give a hint, everyone will guess okay. it immediately. Uh, a TV star? You said one of the greatest sitcoms ever I, made? I is cannot, that I, if you want I, a highly coveted mug, text yeah. in your guesses. And we will let you know okay. if you got the answer right. We'll can take I a win? Re- Am I eligible to win? Yeah, you're eligible to win too. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. There are no stupid questions. Only stupid answers. Ah, yes, no stupid questions. Now, who won the who won the quiz, Laura? Without giving away the answer, Steve three PO. Steve three PO, but uh, which how, seems appropriate. For, yeah, <laughs> for how many people? How many people actually got it right, though? Everybody got it right. Oh, like a dozen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. The first like seven people who texted in got it spot on. So, I was like, everyone on this text line. So our <laughs> audience right. is very, very smart, and I still nice. will maintain the mystery so we can play the game again in there the future. Go. So, no stupid questions is where we answer any questions from the audience, the listening audience. I was going to say from the show, but that doesn't make any sense because we don't ask any questions. We only make statements because we're professional hosts. Why is that? uh, Trump isn't even the prez. So why does he think he has the authority to manage the United States border? Trump is a malignant narcissist. And so rather than uh, say to himself, well, I could talk about this at a campaign speech or whatever it is. Mm He purposefully schedules a visit at the border the same day that Biden is going to be there. Sure. Yeah. Because he cannot have somebody else have any attention. He's not a well man. And I, I am not ashamed to say that, that he needs, he's in desperate need of psychiatric help. Well, and I would say he's, he's, he's a brilliant politician. He's a great politician. Great politician. Great politician. He, he knows how to manage the news cycle. He's a media manipulator. Par excellence. I've never seen anybody that could control a narrative better than Donald Trump. 
253, how come nobody talks about Kamala Harris? She was, quote-unquote, put in charge of the border and never speaks about her findings or recommendations. Will she be Biden's running mate? She probably will. The reason that nobody talks about Kamala Harris is because she basically exclusively does media appearances, and they're all fairly unremarkable and not newsworthy. Do you know what I mean? I'd agree with that. They're not exactly... It's kind of the same... why, Why didn't anybody ever talk about Mike Pence? Mike Pence was everywhere. He was going on CBS. He was going on CNN. Mm-hmm. He was going everywhere. No one ever really talked about Mike Pence. It's because the vice president is kind of a, it's like a, what's the, what's the term? It's, it's, it's like a symbolic role. Yeah, yeah. You're the head okay. of the Senate. Okay. You're the president of the Senate. And so, and also when Biden said she's in charge of the border, that was a major snafu. Because she doesn't have any authority there. No. She can't do anything. And her actually, her chief of staff actually complained to Biden's chief of staff and said, why do you keep saying these you things? Set, you're setting us up to and, fail from an then, expectation. Right. And yeah. then letting us know that that's the plan. So uh, she will probably be Biden's running mate. And she is uh, best of luck to that poor soul. So I despise the fact that Washington state ballot requires listing a party affiliation. At least list an independent as well. What do you think? Yeah, it's a shame. I don't think that they should do that. I don't think it should be required to do it, that. And it's on the exterior of the on the envelope. exterior of the envelope. Now that feeds into conspiracy theorists who right. think that then somebody will go and gather all the ones with these or R's right. on them and throw right. them away en masse. And there's different any, yeah. any proof. I that strongly, that's- I strongly disagree with it. It's my a, a party affiliation. I think should be private. I don't think I should be mandated mandated to tell it to anybody. The reason that they do this is because parties themselves will then buy this information from the state of Washington so they can allocate resources from a campaigning perspective accordingly. They will know how many Republicans responded. They will know how many Republicans voted. And that way they can they can do their work of, of, of gaining an election. Rachel, Rachel C. says, what would society look like in 20 years if there were more perks for the poor than the rich? I have this cra- it's crazy that you would bring that up because utopic societies don't exist. So you can't actually then describe a perfect utopic society. Okay, But what you would likely have is you would likely have a decrease in medical costs across the United States okay. Because, oh, okay. because less people would need to go to emergency services right. instead of going to a general practitioner, right? So this is a problem with yeah. emergency rooms is that people treat them like urgent care. Well, and it's the least effective way and to use resources. it's the least resources. effective way yeah. to use resources. Okay, okay. Uh, if you would also have lower rates of infant mortality across the board, you would have a higher educated population. You would also have a population that feels much more secure in and of the fact that if they lose their job, they're not going to lose their health care. There's lots of different reasons why the poorest among us need services. And I'll give you another example. I read a story broke my heart. It was a mom. She lives in King County. She makes too much for any services, right. but too little to live here, right? So right. she's going to have to try to figure that out with, with the two kids that she has. So can you imagine, I'm just call, call me crazy, but maybe somebody making $65,000 a year, that person could get the services that are afforded to other people, regard, you know what I mean, regardless right. of where she is in her economic position. That'd be wonderful. So that, that's what would happen. What happened in twenty years? And quite honestly, I have a lot of rich friends, and they do very well for themselves without all the perks. You know what I mean? Did you they, know the, the vast majority of those who do exceptionally well say they would be willing and, and kind of encourage being taxed at a higher rate? Yeah, there are tons of They'd people. They'd like to pay more into the system. They right. understand the benefit it would it would provide for everybody. Exactly. So uh, Kai says, "Do you need church to make you a good person? Why can't you just be a good person in general? Why do you need to tell somebody, or to, why do you need somebody to tell you to be good and kind? Always a good." question that we shall have Mr. Curly answer for us because he's the kindest idea. and most gentle man I know. We'll do a little boomer to zoomer because John only does text to talk. 
And Seattle is number one for phone avoidance because we're all neurotic millennials. When we get back right after this.